This season, we dive into the world of the known and the unknown with fresh new segments and the help of new friends. This is Mark and Rove. We need new friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, puppies and kittens of all ages. Hello there, Mr. Fernandez. I love that greeting of yours, Mr. Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I love it. Uh, it's the seventh month now. We're not even doing days anymore. So uh, uh, if you can still hear our voice, keep chugging along. You guys are doing it. We're almost there. You made it this far. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yes, exactly. And speaking of uh, of keeping going, let's keep going with the show. Now, tonight we are all about sustainability. It's uh, sustainable farming practices, sustainable uh, clothing, sustainable food, uh, sustainable lifestyle. It is all about sustainability. That is why we have named this topic Less Waste, Better Taste. I love that you brought that up, and I want to give credit where credit is due. This title, episode three, is Less Waste, Better Taste, and then the subtitle is Sustainability, Slow Fashion, and What Your Salad Says About You. Now, I we haven't given enough credit to our production team and our writers and all mm. of them uh, that are involved. Well, it's not us coming up with this stuff, so I just want to say, just reading that, I get pretty excited about uh, the topic and, and just how creative these guys are. So uh, with that being said... Um, let's get straight into it, Mr. Nelson. Now the word sustainability is the one I'm going to pull out. And, um, you know what, that's the buzzword for this. Well, not just during the pandemic, but, uh, you know, for the new millennium, um, sustainability means a lot of different things to different people. Mm. What is your definition of it? Uh, my definition of sustainability is, uh, something that, uh, that can be something that is or sorry, a process that is done uh, that uh, does not have any long-term detrimental effect on uh, on people, on the environment, um, on uh, yeah, on uh, anything that it needs that it, anything that can continue uh, forever without having a detrimental impact. So when you're talking about sustainable food, it's like food that, okay, I can grow this food, I can eat this food, I can put something back into it, and it's not going to harm the environment in a long-term way. We can keep doing this for a millennia. Same thing with uh, making clothes, same thing with just uh, the lifestyle that we lead. We don't take any more away than we give back. Here, here. Um, just going to quickly give the uh, dictionary definition. Yeah. Well, really... It's under sustain to give support or relief to supply mm-hmm. with sustenance uh, mm-hmm. to support the weight of. But and one more to also carry or withstand. OK, but I will take your definition of it. Uh, it's much more succinct. And you're right. It um, it goes well. It goes beyond like take, for instance, our topics today. Of course, we have mm. uh, fast fashion and we're also going to be talking about um growing your own uh, uh, harvest in your in your backyard or whatever yeah. land you have. And, um, you know, sustainability isn't just about the product itself. Like, it isn't just about the dress. And, mm. and um, you know, it goes back to its inception uh, in, 
even in the seeds that were planted in making, you know, if it was a natural product. And then from there, it's the production process, you know, uh, if there was dyes involved, um, you know, mm. if there was uh, a cheaper way to manufacture them, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of all of that. And uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, you, you, you can easily replace sustainability and how things are achieved in the fashion industry, fast fashion industry, excuse mm-hmm. me, you can replace the dress, the pants, the jeans. You can replace that with a you know, head of lettuce, with carrots, um, with even animal meat as well. Uh, it's almost the same path of yeah. non-sustainable existence that they go through. And uh, we cannot live this way. It, 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 it is... Uh, you know, we live in a plant, we live on a planet with finite resources. And, you know, the more that we are using um, things that we need, we are using and burning fossil fuels in order to, you mm-hmm. know, to get to that. I know that's a horror. It, it, it's not the sexy thing to talk about, but it is the truth. And, you know, we're not here to change, um, you know, lifestyles or anything like that, but we're here to to let you know what's going on and to let you know where your clothes came from and what it take, you know, to what it takes to get on your back or that, that, uh, you know, that potato and what it takes or that camote and what it takes to get on your plate. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to make uh, clothes out of camote. So you could, you know, like you, could, <laughs> you can literally wear what you eat. Oh, I'm feeling a little warm. Hang on. Let me have a snack. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. That would, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Edible. Well, well, they've got edible we, underwear. We, yeah, we did. We do an episode of that in um, uh, uh, the the Duke. Did we do that? No. What, edible underwear? No, no. Okay, that must have been another TV show of mine. Sorry about that. Sure, a TV <laughs> show. <laughs> I'm sure there were video cameras involved. I'm not Is sure it if it was aired. Only fans a TV show. That's what the producers told me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, now that I, I get, know what OnlyFans had to get my OnlyFans account in there. <laughs> now that I know what OnlyFans is, thank you very much for the education. Um, yeah. What are you talking what, about? What you told, did we even say it right? I think it's fans only, or is, is it, it OnlyFans? I keep I have messing no it up. Whatever. Look for my account. Just kidding. I don't have one. <laughs> oh dear lord, dear lord. Yes, dear lord, um, indeed. But well, we have we have a couple of uh, awesome guests. Uh, joining us today uh, because, well, one of the things we're talking about is fast fashion. And obviously, uh, if you look at what it is that uh, Revils and I are wearing, we know nothing about fashion, um, fast, slow, or otherwise. Wait, what are you talking about? Vogue said burlap brown is in right now. Okay. Kanye uh, is rocking. Apparently. This. <laughs> no, but I mean, mine, that- mine, mine is potato sack brown. Excuse me. Know the difference. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. That's clearly from the conscious line. Whatever, show yeah. off. <laughs> but um, um, you know what? Though we we are not. This is in no way attacking any of the industries because no. number one, first and foremost, fashion. Even though Mark and I aren't the most fashionable people, fashion and the fashion world and the fashion industries uh put us put food on our tables, gave us work launched our careers okay mark of course being an underwear model and me being a hand model but whatever it's still fashion it's still modeling so um with that being said we just want to get to the root of it and and just you know let you guys know what um what crazy things is going on because in my research brother mark the statistics are mind-blowing really really mind-blowing and um i'm I'm sure in your research as well uh yeah absolutely come across some yeah yeah Uh, Q ticker. Uh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> but 
<laughs> Subtle. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Uh, Mascom majors, right? From <laughs> UP, right? right? That's supposed to be the best, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. But uh, uh, so yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah, as the ticker is going through, this is just, you know, some of the facts that uh, we've come up with. I don't want to bog you down with the numbers. You can do your own research. But again, just to produce certain items, um, it, it, it takes in, insane amounts of energy and molecules and uh, fossil fuels to, to make. And um, it's, it's just so disheartening um, to know that. And, um, you know, most of it ends up in a landfill as well. I mean, 70% or 80, 87%, 70% was the last 2015 uh, article I saw. But yeah. And anyway, 70 to 87% of landfills are clothes, clothes related, clothing related. It's, it's an absolute insanity. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, your thoughts on that? Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree completely. I mean, uh, I think we've watched, both watched, you know, some of the same uh, shows, documentaries, read, uh, similar articles, but, uh, one thing that really struck me, I knew that it took a lot of water, uh, fresh water to produce mm. clothing, but I didn't realize quite how much. A, a single cotton jacket could uh, uh, can take over 10,000 liters of water to make. That's enough water to like, that's enough fresh drinking water for 24 years for one person. So the next time you try on that jacket, ah, maybe I'll get this in every color. Um, well, yes, just imagine how much water is, is there. And uh, if you're ever, you know, complaining about a water shortage, well, you know where it went. Um, but yeah. before we, I think uh, before you and I uh, harp on too much about this, uh, we should probably bring in a real expert about the fashion. Oh, industry. I'm I'm so excited! She was actually the perfect choice for this topic, in addition to our other um, guest as well. But she, I, I love the fact that she is on board. Um, because she she's on both sides of the fence. Um, we'll get mm. to that a little later. Now, in 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 her introduction. If I just introduce her as writer, she'd be okay with that because she's, she's uh, such a humble and absolute sweetheart. But uh, she's a lot more than that. We know, Mark. Um, of course, she is one of the scions in uh, the fashion industry, not just in the Philippines, but in Southeast Asia. She also is heavily involved in the top retail uh, conglomerates in the Philippines. But more importantly, we love her because she's one of the proud members of WWF Youth Council, please welcome Miss Nikki Huang. And now, here's a segment we like to call We Need New Friends. Hello, new friends. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Hello. Wow, you're you're looking nicely tanned and very well oh, made you. up and thank put together, you. and we're looking like slobs. So I guess uh, well, that's I, why I wanted, you're in the fashion industry and we're not. <laughs> Oh, Thank I'm so Mark. sorry if we didn't appear respectful. No, we, that's not is that I'm what saying. she's saying, bro? Yeah. Jeez. Not quite, not the, quite. These kids so these it's days. My responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's moments like this where I wish we had a radio show. It's like, great. She looks 10 times better than us. This is horrible. Yeah, well, not what else quite, not quite. <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining us, Nikki. Um, I'm yes. sure you were patched in listening. Uh, you know, we're not chastising the, the industry we love and that you are so heavily involved. Um, but we're just here to clear up some misconceptions, let people know the truth, um, let people know 
you know, what it takes to get the garment from from field to closet, like farm to table, field to closet. I just made that up. So um, <laughs> the first question I have to ask is, who are you wearing? I, you, you know, it, I am wearing someone whose name I don't remember, but I did buy this particular um, piece from one of my favorite stores in Boston that sells a lot of independent retailers, which is super oh. great. So all small business, um, really sustainable production. Yeah, I thought it would be fitting for this evening. And of course, thank you guys for having me. I didn't get to say that a while ago. I'm super, super flattered that you asked me to be on here. Um, yeah, it's it's such an honor. So thank you. Oh. Well, thank you. thank you very much for agreeing to, to join us. Um, uh, yeah, as Revilson mentioned, uh, Nikki is one of our WWF uh, Youth Council and a uh, very outspoken proponent of uh, the real definition of sustainability um, across the board of uh, all, all sorts of uh, different industries. Um, but I just wanted to point out, uh, I know that Nikki's wearing, you know, a nice sustainable piece of fashion, but uh, so am I. Revilson, do you recognize this shirt? Yes, my brother. That shirt, the last time that I saw that I, uh, was when we shot our audition video uh, for The Amazing Race Asia Season 2, 2007. So it took us a year to audition. So that shirt is at least since 2006. Is this correct, Mr. Nelson? That is absolutely correct. This shirt is at least 14 years old, probably a couple of years older than that. Wow. And, and oh, he hasn't so, even washed so it since. not much older than me. <laughs> yes. No, not much older than you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I can almost guarantee that I, have, that I have a piece of clothing that is older than you, Nikki. Uh, oh, that, that hands down. Hard, yes. <laughs> this, this is a great advantage of staying the same uh, clothing size for decades. Yeah. Very that cool. it's absolutely right. In addition to having a playmate for Nikki, hey pants, you want to go play with Nikki? You know, you just go go to the playground. You also can wear the same clothes and rock it. Now, I have to I have to take that cue. And the reason we got you, Nikki, is uh, well, apart from you being absolutely wonderful and perfect for this segment, is because one of your more recent posts. And let's put yes. it up. And I want to read the caption. And this was even before we got you. Um, on board for this true, is true. one of my goals of 2020 is to stop buying trendy pieces I wear once and never again. In order to become a more hashtag conscious consumer of fashion, I've started collecting pieces I can wear everywhere in every season for a long time, no matter the occasion. Um, that piece, of course, is uh, by Michael Kors. Fantastic! It looks freaking awesome. And um, explain yourself, my dear, with this post. Yes. Okay. So actually, guys, I think it. Um, it was wonderful that you asked me to come on here and talk about this at the time that you did, because sustainable fashion is something obviously that I've known about for a long, long time um, because of my involvement, both in the retail world and with WWF, um, which is how we know each other. But I felt for quite some time that I wasn't really, uh, how do you say, what's, what's the, the expression? I wasn't walking the walk as much as I really wanted to. Um, and I was recently talking to my tita Isa Calzado, who you guys both know, and we were yes. talking about how, you know, sustainability is something that we feel pretty educated about, but it's something that we felt we could also involve in our own lives a little bit more. I mean, you guys are amazing at the whole sustainability thing. Um, I think I still have a way to go, right? And I want to let all our viewers know out there that it's totally fine for everyone to be 
at a different point in their sustainability journey. Um, and one place that I felt I could really make a difference when it came to my habits and how sustainable they were was really the way I consume fashion. Obviously, you know, being in the fashion world, I love to try new trends. I love to, you know, back in the day, I was like, well, I can't wear the same thing out twice. That would be, you know, such a horror, which is a story for another time. Um, but, you know, you're taking a lot of photographs, you're going to different places and you just feel like, well, if I'm into fashion, I need to be wearing something new every place I go. Um you know, in sustainability, they call this the throwaway mentality, right? Mm. Which is that you wear something once and then it's done and you need something new. And what really bothered me was, one, when I moved to the States for university, my room was much smaller than it is now. And I got to the point where I had so many clothes, I was stepping over piles of fo folded clothes just to get to my bed or to the door. And I was like, there's something wrong with this. Um, and now that I travel a lot, well, before COVID, because I was traveling a lot between Boston and New York, um, mm. Boston for school and then New York for fashion things, I was like, well, I have way too many clothes, you know? And mm. this is just not a very sustainable way to live. I didn't like that I had so many pieces that I, I would only wear once and never mm. again. I was like, I can't, you know, advocate for sustainability and take part in this throwaway consumer, uh, consumerism. So that's kind of what inspired my post. Uh, over lockdown, I've been doing a lot of thinking about, you know, my fashion and how I want to change my own habits. And so I've decided that, you know, it's time to let go of this nowhere once and never again kind of way of thinking and really invest in quality pieces. Because what I've noticed is, let's say this shirt, you know, mm -hmm. I um, wore it in college every single week. And I was like, well, that's a fantastic purchase. Yes, I could get something similar at, let's say, an H&M, but it would kind of, it would deteriorate, you know, especially since I was just learning how to do my laundry. I made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's where that post came from. I really want to be, I think it also has to do um, with being a good investor in fashion. Mm. You know, you want, you want return mm. on your investment whenever you buy clothes. And if you have the means buying higher end and more sustainably created pieces, I think is really the way to go because you'll be able to get so much more use and value out of your purchase. I think that's really important. Yeah. Fantastic. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Although I want, uh, I want to make a point to some of our viewers that um, I like the way that, uh, that Nikki said that if you can afford, uh, if you can afford it to invest in the, the higher end brands uh, that have better quality. Now, of mm. course, uh, for those people that maybe don't have the same spending power, uh, the other way of going about it is just make sure that you buy timeless pieces. Don't necessarily follow mm. uh, like trends that like, okay, that seemed a little outlandish, but everyone's wearing it. So, okay, I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon. And then two months later, it's out of fashion. Go for mm. something that, you know, like, you know, your simple basics, uh, something that you'll be able to match with something forever, you know, something that doesn't have like ridiculous looking lapels or something that's going to, you know, be so next season in a few months. Um, because these are pieces that even if you don't spend a whole lot of money on it, if you take care of them carefully, you can continue wearing them for many years to come because they'll still look cool. Precisely my goodness. My yeah, that yeah. was an excellent, excellent point. And first of all, Juicy Couture is going to come back. So I'm keeping <laughs> those sweats. I don't care what you say. 
that's fashion. And number two, I'd like to make a comment regarding uh, people like Nikki herself. Um, you guys are so influential. And mm. I loved seeing a post one time. It was um, Isabel Daza. I think I don't know exactly what event it was, but everyone was wearing the latest, greatest, snazziest ball gown. Mm. And and she, you know, everybody was, you know, taking pictures and 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 it was all over social media uh, each person that attended this uh gala and her post was her saying something like for me fashion is recycling or i i totally butchered it didn't didn't do my research but i she just basically wore her mom's dress that uh she wore in the mm-hmm. 60s during one of her reigns you know as a miss universe and she, she of course she you know um trimmed it to her size and, and, and modernized it. But I just thought that was a wonderful gesture where everyone was spending money on a brand, brand new dress to show off. She mm-hmm. said, I think fashion is recycling and, and uh, upcycling and I'm just going to redo my mom's dress. And she looked, she knocked out everybody. She was phenomenal. Plus the meaning Absolutely. of her outfit. Mm-hmm. So, Deba. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. You know, when I moved to Boston for college, I started using my my lawless winter coats, which are I don't even know how old they are, 30, 40 years old. And I went to fashion week in one. And I remember, I mean, people didn't know who I was, but it was just such a great combination. I was wearing a new dress from the Tory Burch um, collection and then her coat from the 70s, I think. And all the photographers were taking my photo. And I was like, oh, is there someone behind me? Like, what's going on? But I think it was that combination of old and new that, you know, really stood out. And in line with what you said, Mark, I think it's also really important for our viewers to realize that trends are fun. I think trends make fashion and exploring is definitely part of discovering your style. But what you said, I think, is so important because, you know, it's easy to buy a piece just to try something out and then get rid of it. But I think Part of the process of exploring trends is buying things that you can incorporate into other outfits. Like now when I go shopping, I think, okay, I'm buying this shirt. Do I have three different pairs of pants or three different jackets that I can wear it with? It will still Mm. be like, let's say the collar, the shoulder pads are a bit more trendy. But as long as I can pull it back into a more classic style, I know I'm going to get more use out of it. And going shopping with this mentality has really allowed me not only to make sure I keep wearing my pieces, but to save money too. Because instead of mm. buying a lot of different things just to match the one new item that I got on a whim, I already have things to pair it with in my closet. And I think that's the essence of sustainability that is practicable, pra- practicable um, mm. and just really efficient, you know, but also still like a livable thing to do. Galen. Awesome. Mark, I'm going to cut you off, Mark. Yeah. Can we yeah. ask Nikki some wonderful questions from our uh, viewers? They've chimed That's in. That's exactly Nikki? what I was going to do. Well, Let's there you go. Go ahead. ESPN, brother. ESPN. So, Nikki, here we go. We got two for you. So, if you can just give a nice, concise uh, answer. This is by Ikat Gallardo. Nikki, do you think having a slow fashion lifestyle is expensive? Oh, that's a really hi, Ikat. Thank you for your question. I think that's a really, really good question and challenging. So, you know, obviously in the sustainability world um, and in terms of environmentalism, I think people are quick to demonize um, fast fashion. Obviously, there are very many negative associations with it that we can't ignore. But at the same time, I think we need to appreciate fast fashion for the fact that it brings the experience of fashion, of trends, of dressing up to people who 
won't necessarily be able to afford like a Gucci jacket, right? Mm. I think it's important that everyone has the opportunity to explore trends and express themselves. So I think in some ways, I mean, again, depending on your financial means, it may be a bit more costly to enjoy slow fashion and have that kind of lifestyle. But at the same time, what we need to think about is, again, what I said, throwaway culture. Let's say you buy a shirt from, I don't know, H&M is the first brand that comes to mind or any other fast fashion brand. It's very likely that the way the shirt was produced is such that it will break down after only a few wears or even like in a year or so. But, uh, you know, and let's say the shirt costs you $7, but you're spending $7 every couple of months trying to replace the shirt compared to if you just bought a shirt that was $35, um, obviously more expensive at the time, but this shirt will last you, let's say, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, you know. So I, I think it, it really depends. But overall, leading a slow fashion lifestyle is not necessarily more expensive. It's Excellent. about quality, yeah. you know, and crafts. Yeah. yeah, quality. Absolutely. You get what you pay for. Uh, Nelson, you want to go ahead and chime in on the yeah. next one? Uh, the next question is, uh, is a little bit similar. It's from uh, Gabrielle. And it says, uh, to Miss Nikki, my question is, do we need to consider the brand to become sustainable in what we are wearing? Do we need to consider? Do we need to be, uh, consider the brand? Do we oh, need to consider okay. the brand? I think I understand yeah. this question. I think um, Gab is asking if, correct me if I'm wrong, but my interpretation of the question is, you know, do we need to consider the sustainability practices of the brand in order to mm. be able to say that we are sustainable? Mm. Um, okay. I think there are two different answers to this question. Obviously, we have huge fashion conglomerates um, like Nike, let's say, got accosted with um, sweatshop allegations, hmm. right? Which obviously there is some truth to that. We have brands who are being accused of being insane polluters of the world, you know, using fossil fuels and water to produce clothing. Um, and so obviously, if you again, if you have the means, I'm going to keep saying this because we need to recognize the mm. financial privilege that's involved with being able to buy into sustainability. Um, mm. If you have the means, I think it's important to think about the practices of a brand and whether or not you want to support them by making a purchase. Um, at the same time, I definitely also believe it's very possible to be sustainable and still buy from cheaper brands whose ethics might have come under fire at one point or another. Mm. You know, let's say all you can afford is a $5 t-shirt, which obviously mm -hmm. comes from a fast fashion brand. As long as you take care of that shirt, buy it not for the trendiness, but for, you know, you know that it goes with your outfits and what you wear every day and you just get a lot of use out of it, then I think you're fine. And I think you're still being more sustainable than someone, let's say, who buys $100 shirts every couple of days just because they're all different and they want like to experience trendiness and they still throw this away. So, yes, yeah. I agree completely. And actually something else that I wanted to, to add to that, the other, there is another option of, uh, of more sustainable fashion and that is uh, recycling or, or buying something secondhand or vintage. I mean, essentially what Nikki wore uh, uh, like her, her grandmother's coat is I'm sure it's a vintage piece she didn't buy it brand new, so technically it is secondhand. Um, and there, uh, the great thing about fashion, just like everything else, it, there, it is very circular. What goes around comes around. So mm -hmm. what is what was trendy uh, trendy twenty years ago will be coming back. And so um, I think for 
especially a lot of maybe you know younger people if they if they rifle through their their grandparents closet they'll find uh some incredible finds that automatically lend themselves to being even a little bit more authentic than the new version of them because they're like oh wow that's that's vintage it's like for something like Revilson and I it's a difference between having a new bike that looks vintage compared to an actual vintage bike um mm-hmm. You're, it, you get more mm-hmm. props for the for the for the real vintage, um, mm-hmm. rather than the, the new iteration of it. And I think if more people can do that, then obviously they they will be spending less. Uh, the the clothes that they are getting vintage or secondhand are being uh, given a new breath of life and will not end up in a landfill. Yes, yeah. and I wanted to add to that, Mark, and say that um, accessorizing is what I'm discovering. Uh, is a way to really switch up your outfits and still wear the same pieces. You know, I have um, this beautiful suit that I bought and I remember it, w- it was quite an expensive suit. And my, my dad said, well, if you wear this, you're not allowed to just wear it once. I wore it to some ball. Right. And I said, no, I know what you mean. I, I'll, I'll do my best because I was at that point in my life where I was like, oh my God, events, photography, I want to wear something new every time there's a new picture, which a bit of a, sh- a bit ashamed of right now, but you know, everyone has a learning curve. Um, and to this day, I've worn this suit and this jacket so many times just by switching up the accessories, different belt, different makeup, different shoes, different bag. Um, you'd be surprised. You know, I think people can get into fashion and think that, you know, everyone's looking at them like, oh, my God, she wore that again. But it's not true. It's more about what you do with your piece and the whole look and the energy that it gives you and um, the character that it allows you to project than it is mm-hmm. whether or not you're wearing a new outfit. Actually, Amen, that, I, that, that brings me to a very, oh yeah, sorry, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you, you'll appreciate this one, guys. Um, I'm going to back up exactly what you're getting at, Nikki, in regards to fashion. But, um, you know, it, especially in these times, everyone's so concerned with mental health, right? Uh, I mean, that's as, that's as paramount as your own physical health. Now, especially in times like this, um, some people have had to resort to online shopping, to save them through this pandemic. Now, um, that's why sales are up. That's why Amazon has has you know kicked uh, all the other competitors' butts in, in the stock game. Um, people are sh- using shopping as a feel good, um, a way to cope. And as long as it doesn't become detrimental and you 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 kind of get uh, um, you know uh, stuck in your ways or um, it affects your family or, or your livelihood, that's fine. I think uh, the things that fashion does or doesn't even have to be fashion. You know, a guy can buy like a, a Swiss Army knife that he's always been craving, or uh, you know, boots or shoes or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I just think that fashion not just provides status, but it also, you know, because of the pheromones that are released and the feel good vibes of feeling good. Um, it, it also has that effect, you know, um, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. That's a quote from Deion Sanders. And I, yeah, I think, uh, that's, that's another thing fashion contributes. I love that. I think it's so, so important. You know, I, um, since we're on our, what is it? Seventh month of lockdown, we're still in GCQ. I have been taking the time and the energy to get ready. Like, let's say when I have visitors over, you know, or if I'm going to the mall, obviously taking all the safety precautions I need to. I think we can feel nowadays that like, oh, we're in lockdown. We're just at home. My friend's just coming over for coffee. I don't want to dress up. But one thing that has really, really helped me feel like things are 
an occasion or like I have a schedule and a structure and there's still importance and meaning and activity in my life is dressing up. I think fashion is really so, so powerful. I think it's wearable art. And I think sustainable fashion ties into all of that. You know, when you're wearing things that, you know, were produced in an ethical way, you know, where someone else's piece of art that you're not now carrying on your body and interpreting in your own way and the way that you style it, that's what good fashion is all about. And that reflects in how you feel and act when you're wearing certain clothes, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Very, very well said. Uh, Oh, no. We... we yeah. Yes. We we got. Oh my God. We could talk forever with you in regards to this, but we got to move on uh, to our next um, uh, segment. But again, uh, buy timeless pieces. Um, invest in quality. Give us one more quickly, one sentence, so that we can at least say, mm-hmm. "Hey, we gave you at least three to five tips today." Can you think of oh, a, okay. something else that you didn't bring up? Something else that I didn't bring up. Oh, yeah. don't feel bad if you can't buy very expensive clothes because they're more sustainably made. You know, you can mm. buy from fast fashion brands, but just make sure the use that you're getting out of the item, make sure it's classic, make sure it fits all the different things that you have to do in your life. Don't mm. feel bad. Fashion is for everyone. Just be awesome. smart Boom. about your consumption. Excellent. Thank you very all much, right. Nikki. Uh, we will Thank be bringing you, you back. So please hang out in the green room, uh, have some uh, chips and dip and all the stuff that we wish we had in our green room, which we don't. <laughs> and yes. we'll see you in and, a little while. And of course, uh, Mark and I place the bet that you will be changing outfits. So um, that's that's our, that's our, <laughs> I bet 50 pesos, bro. <laughs> don't fail okay. me, Nikki. Change outfit. She's like, oh no, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> All right, see you in a while. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh wow, yeah, Nikki's awesome. Uh, great to have her. Uh, great to have her on the show. Um, funny, I. It's funny what she was mentioning about um, about the suit. You remember that? Continue. Yeah. So I think there's one thing that um, uh, I always. Uh, I've always had a, a discussion with, uh, especially with the female hosts, when we host things together. Um, and the female host is like, oh my gosh, yeah, I had to get, had to borrow this gown from such and such designer or whatever. And I don't, I'm assuming it's the same for you, but for me, it's like, I've got like maybe three or four suits that just mm. keep getting recycled and over and over. I've got a tuxedo, I've got a black suit, I've got a blue suit. Um, I've got, actually, I've got two black suits, a blue suit and a tuxedo. And they've been doing the rounds for years. Just change the shirt, change the tie, change the the pocket square. And Mm -hmm. what do you know? It's a new suit. Yeah. Um, It is, admittedly, it's tough being a lady. It's tough being a fashionable lady. Mm. Um, We understand, you know, girls have to uh, wear the latest things and wear, uh, just have to have different looks all the time. We get it. And we love you for it. We love women for dressing up. Thank you, because us men, we're slobs. You're going to get the same suit, but we'll change the tie. We'll change the shirt once. And all the time, the shirt will be different as well. But yeah. women, um, it's tough being a girl. It really is. Yeah. Um, but uh, with that being said as well, uh, you know, I, I love Nikki for coming on. And she really is fantastic because she straddles both sides. You know, mm. I mean, she, of course... That is the family business, retail, uh, luxury brands. Uh, she is also a fashion icon. A lot of people look up to her. Um, 
she's going to be taking the helm of their, you know, fashion conglomerate eventually as well. And then, of course, she's a staunch environmentalist. She's, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, thank goodness she's on our side, which I always like to say. I I really appreciate that we have someone um, like her where she is it's just so nice you know and and you i i loved how she didn't she took both sides fairly and um yeah that's that's all we can ask of her she was very fair you know what i mean she was she's an awesome guest to have uh to talk about fast fashion and our next Mm. guest uh is also very very qualified to talk about fast fashion and actually slow fashion she is a slow fashion designer uh, although she's more well-known as being a biodynamic farmer, of course, a, a massive mm-hmm. earth mama. She's come out with her own line of uh, sustainable clothing, uh, sustainable food, obviously, through the farm, uh, uh, sustainable, uh, like, uh, I think, like beauty products and everything. Um, she's also my favorite, favorite person to critique um, red carpet outfits she is awesome. If you don't follow her, please do. Ladies and gentlemen, no. without much further ado, Miss Hindi Weber. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. You're so busy. You wear so many different hats, but you are perfect for this episode tonight. And uh, we can't wait for you to drop some wisdom on us. Very, very honored and excited to be here. I always wanted to meet you guys together. I've worked with Mark a lot. He's been to our farm. But Rubilson... I just see you like before when, you know, mm. when we not so much anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you and I'm so proud of what you've done and, and the path you're leading and the good vibes you're spreading. And I'm so glad we're meeting on, you know, now, uh, form formally. I mean, yeah, you're right. We met before, but, uh, yeah, I am. I mean, I was telling Mark when we booked you, I was like, I'm, I'm so excited to, to be working with you and I'm really appreciative of what's going on and, and, you know, the, the things you're go, you're doing. So, um, can I just make a small note that when we did talk about having you as a guest, the real reason he was super excited is that he's always had a big crush on you. Like way, way, way back in the day. He's like, Oh my God, Indy, I used to have the biggest crush really? on you. No, I can't believe yeah. that. You said you too, Mark. And first of all, <laughs> I told you that in confidence, brother. <laughs> you said, oh, we got to tell her. We've got to tell him. All right, so I'm telling her. So uh, there you go, Hindi. I'm not wearing the trick for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh moving along. God. Like I'm the only, well, yeah. Ooh, it got awkward in here. Woo, and hot. <laughs> let me you you want you want to see composting right now live this is composting live (laughs) and bastard Uh, wow threw me under that bus Woo. okay okay so meanwhile back at the ranch back at the hall of justice um uh hindi we let's talk about the fun stuff like that let's talk about the fun stuff yeah. <laughs> okay. How, how can we relate backyard Let's farming talk about to what uh, you guys are wearing waist down? I want to know. Oh. Uh oh. Are we supposed <laughs> to be wearing anything waist down? Uh, no, Revelson. Do sorry? not stand up. Do not stand <laughs> up. I'll take an L. I'll be right here. I'm. I'm fine. <laughs> that's. Oop. That's not a microphone. Let me hide. No, I'm just kidding. But um. <laughs> no. Let let let's be pros here. <laughs> <laughs> and All I'm right. talking to myself. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's take 
things off. We were talking before you came on the show, uh, Hindi, about um, the living soil. I remember you telling me about living soil and why it's important. But I w- we would love to hear it uh, uh, coming from uh, the person who first told me about it, which is you. Right. Well, you know, a lot of us grew up thinking that soil is just something that you step on or grow things on or build things on. Mm. And, you know, when you see a lot of urban development, you see them uh, scraping the top layer of the soil and just building whatever it is they want to build on it as if it were just, you know, property land. Mm. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but actually, no, it's, it's actually the cornerstone of all of life on earth and our whole lives depend on it. So, uh, when we have, uh, kids at the farm and we, we do the field trips and farm tours and the workshops, I like to teach them. I like to get a spoonful of soil and I like to show them and I like to teach them that in that spoon, there are more microorganisms that, than all humans on earth. So we like wow. to think that we are the apex predator and the most important species on earth. But actually, we are so dependent, so symbiotically dependent on all the bacteria, the critters, the microorganisms, the viruses even. There's 370 trillion viruses in our own virome, in our own bodies. Actually, they outnumber our very own cells. Wow. And find these viruses and bacteria and fungi in the soil as well. So it's really the cornerstone of all of life and the answer to climate change, uh, sustainability, which I prefer to call regeneration now because we've kind of passed that tipping point. We can't Mm. more just be sustainable, just keep things in balance. We actually have to regenerate the soils and regenerate the oceans. So, yeah. So soil is like, that's why this is like my motto. This is my manifesto in life. Eat clean and get dirty because <laughs> I love it. if we want to actually, if we actually, we want to actually um, improve our immunity, we need to be getting dirty, getting our hands dirty, getting out mm. there. up. And if you're not a gardener, it doesn't matter. You know, you guys, you guys are outdoorsy. Um, you go out in nature a lot. So <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I love well, it. Yeah, yeah God, go ahead, well, bro. God, God made dirt, and dirt don't hurt. That's what my mama always used to say. So, That's uh, right. Yeah, wonderful. Go ahead, Nelson. Uh, well, yeah. In in line with that, uh, how can people go about doing this in their own backyard if they have a home and they have a small plot of land? Uh, what are the benefits of backyard farming, and you know, in regards to sustainability, affordability, health, uh, convenience? Yeah, well, that one thing that the lockdown has shown us is how we need to be a bit more uh, self-sustaining, uh, right? Sustaining. Mm. Because there was at a certain point, especially in the beginning of the lockdown, there was actually a, a food shortage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a food shortage. It was just a bottleneck for the distribution of food. So actually there was a lot of, Food that waste was wasted. Tons, yeah. truckloads of fresh food were actually wasted. So, and a lot of people um, just didn't didn't want to have to depend on the system, I guess. 
So uh, all the plantitos and plantitas and the inner farmers, the quarantine farmers just came out of the woodwork, you know. And suddenly, like the crazy neighbor there, like me, the crazy chicken ladies now suddenly, like everybody's like knocking on my, my door, like, how did you do that? And can you teach us how to compost? And so I love it. it's actually a great awakening. Everybody needs yeah. to do it. It's it. This also happened um, after the wars, like the first world war, the second mm. world war. They're called victory gardens because there's a way for them to take back, to, to, to empower themselves, right? Oh. Because they depend on the food rations. Mm. So they would build community gardens um, to provide for the community. Mm. Now, you, I'm glad you brought up the Great Awakening because there's been a mass exodus of people going to the province. That's that's without a doubt. Mark and I have friends who've just shunned um, living in the city, moved to the province. You know, God bless them. Be happy. Do your thing. You, my dear, done this way before it was Uso. Where was the great awakening for you? Or was there that moment that like, you know what? I'm good. I, I, this life of privilege and uh, this, 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 um, you know, uh, I can have anything here. This life of excess. I'm good. I'm going to go move to where you live now. Was there an awakening? Was there a moment? Well, uh, when we had kids, basically, that was it. Um, we, the kid, we had two kids at that time and they were growing up. And um, our second child was diagnosed with a rare neurological condition and it was you know in traditional terms incurable so that led me to do a lot of research on food as medicine and then we realized we just can't live in the city this way we we got to be able to provide our children with better air um, better soil quality um, exposure to a natural environment and we were right smack in the middle of Makati at that time you know so mm -hmm. uh the questions were, what are you going to do about work? And what are you going to do about the convenience? And at that time, there were no movie theaters in Laguna, you know? <laughs> there was no Starbucks. You know, what are you going to do? Those were the questions from our friends. They were like, I don't know. <laughs> we're just going to There's VCDs. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it was the best decision ever. Nice. And now we're actually feeling it's getting a little cramped around here. So we're looking again to, to move rural area. Yeah. Cause wow. there's traffic already. There's yeah. like three malls around us. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Time, yeah. Time to leave all those, those nasty people. <laughs> Ew. How dare they? Ew. Ew. Makati spilling over into Laguna. Ew. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Hindi, you, in addition to, again, wearing so many hats, entrepreneur, you also invent things and make things. Um, I'm not too privy on it. I just started following you on social media just recently. So, paciencia na po. Pero we're going to pull up uh, one of your products and go ahead and tell us about it. Okay. Ah, yes. Okay, Very. So this, this is my slow fashion line that I started okay. two years ago. I was a ready-to-wear designer, coincidentally, for Rustans, for the family of Nikki. Mm -hmm. And so I, was, I did that for 11 years. 
And then I took a sabbatical because I just, you know, I, I was just overwhelmed with the machinations of the, the, the fashion retail industry and, mm-hmm. and I, the excesses, you know. And then so I went into custom-made, bespoke, bridal wear, evening wear. But I'm at heart a retail, I mean, at heart a ready-to-wear designer. And I could not go back into it because I had already discovered this, um, I already founded my life, my lifestyle into one of um, uh, like an ecological, ethical path. So that's the path that I committed to take. And I could not find production or a factory or sewing shops that would work along those lines until two years ago, finally, it's gotten to a level that I'm comfortable with. So everything from the buttons to our tags, to our thread, to the dyeing processes of the fabric and to the, the wages, the living wages that we provide our sewers. So it's a full cycle. It's a closed loop system of fashion. And also in terms of the quantities that, that we make, because like you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, most, most of what's in the landfills are fashion items, right? Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. So we really limit our production. And so we do a lot of uh, limited editions and things like that. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to touch on one thing that you mentioned uh, that a lot of people might not be familiar with, and that is the concept of the closed loop, which is, uh, which is not unique to fashion. But can you tell us exactly what a closed loop means in terms of yeah. uh, sustainability? Basically, right. So basically everything from the the production of every material in your product, be it food or fashion or fuel, from the very beginning to the end. And the end means the waste product or how it's disposed goes back into its rebirth or, Mm. you know, right? So, Mm. for example, our clothes, right, at the end of the life, hopefully it's a long life to begin with, right? We don't sell disposable items, but if it gets to that point and you decide to chuck it, it's going to biodegrade and go back into the soil. Wow. So not going to um, pollute the waters with its dyes. It's not Mm -hmm. going to affect the microbiome of the soil. So that's a closed loop. Everything goes back. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, What, what materials are they made of? So we use a lot of bamboo and uh, Mm. hemp. Hemp is a fantastic, Mm. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, organic cotton, linen. Mm-hmm. We, use a lot of, uh, we use a lot of linen over organic cotton because, like you mentioned earlier, cotton, even organic cotton, is very... Uh, water intensive. Uh, water intensive, absolutely. So mm. we use linen, bamboo, peaceful silk, meaning the, the actual silkworms aren't harvested they're not killed ah mm, interesting oh yeah. wow that's the first i've heard of that peaceful silk i like that wow I, i'm sure there is a, a a little bit an ounce of feeling from this the final product you know you know i mean because the animal was free and happy when they were making it you know i bet i bet you there's some 
basta. There, there's, I don't know how if you can quantify it, but it just feels a little better than silk that was made under duress, you know, like they were slave silk caterpillars or something. Yeah, okay. they just get dumped in like a, a vat of hot water and killed, right? Just for their silk. So we don't want that. Is that oh, the process? Wow. How it's done? Oh, yeah. Hot water? Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, they're yeah. the lobsters of the fashion world. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So they're bred for that. They're bred just to make silk. And once they oh, make the silk, no. they're just dunked in a vat of boiling water. What a way to go. Oh my God. Okay. Let's get let's get let's right. get the vibes back up. Let's get the vibes back up. All right. Yeah. Now let's let's move on to uh your eco-friendly skincare line. Um yep. because yep. I, I mean, we, we like to take care of our skin. I mean, uh, guys and girls. Uh, so tell us, how does one, what is the difference between uh, an eco-friendly skincare product and a regular one? Well, there's always the consideration of packaging, but mainly it's the ingredients. We don't use any toxic chemicals or preservatives. Mm. Right. So yeah. our products actually have an expiry date. They're they're practically edible if you if you if you if you get to that point. <laughs> um, awesome. So we so only use you- uh, pure premium botanicals. The mm. the most the the best quality botanicals. Um, yeah. So okay. one of the in- uh, one of my products is called Love, Love Butter. It's actually a sensual lubricant. That's one of my more um, popular products. Mm-hmm. And healing what? <laughs> Don't stand I love up. butter. <laughs> Why does it get thrown at me? Jeez, I love butter. Leave me alone. <laughs> so okay, this, this, this since you were saying that that, that uh, you uh, you could almost eat these products, could you actually take this sensual butter and spread it on toast? <laughs> no, you is, is that what you call it nowadays, Mark? Spread it on yourself, Mark, on yourself or someone else. <laughs> okay, that's, again, that's what Mark I'll does. Toast. He's again. like, I'm the ulam. Hello, everybody. I'm Mark Nelson, the ulam. Okay, we get it, Nelson. You're sell anyone? But spread it on your pandesal. Spread it on yeah. your pandesal, Mark. <laughs> Gee, way to slip that one in there, nice and subtle, buddy. Oh dear. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. Oh, geez, we lost control of the show. Um. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, go, Mark. Okay. What? what? Do you have, Mark. Sorry. How many pandesals do you have? Uh, it depends. Uh, during the quarantine, I think I went from six down to four, but I'm trying to get it to six again. <laughs> okay. I can give you. Uh, I can give you one. One big pandesal right now, easily. <laughs> okay. Back, back to the topic at hand. Uh, for those for those of us plantitos, how do we? What's the best way of sustaining a backyard farm? I have a tower garden, um, and I'm I'm composting. Uh, what other things should I be doing? Uh, you should all look at the wind direction and the sun direction. So it's, um, ah. it would benefit you to face, for example, south. So then you mm. get the morning and the afternoon sun. 
And then um, you might need some wind barriers because depending on the season, it can get really windy and knock down your crops. Uh, mm. Also, uh, irrigation really depends on what kind of land you have. You can also grow a lot of food in containers or pots. Mm. So, yes. Yeah. yeah, well, right now my tower garden is made out of, a, of an old 44-gallon drum. Um that uh, yeah seems to be working okay. I get to to harvest the uh, uh, like the what is that the the casting water of the the worms at the bottom and right. and reuse that as as a fertilizer and pesticide. Um, okay. So yeah, that's the uh, the vermi tea. Yes, that's it, vermi tea. Yeah. Yes, mm. not not to be confused with the tea that I'm drinking. I hope no. <laughs> Okay. Hindi, yeah. Um, before we move on to our next segment, I'd like to leave our audience um, with some words of wisdom from you. Is there anything in particular you'd like to say um, maybe to people who are on the verge of, should I move to the province? Should I change my lifestyle? Should I do it for the children? These are the exact same things you went through. What can you tell them to get them over the hump or not? I think we've, we've gotten to a point in our lives where we need to stop making compromises for the sake of convenience or materialism. So every decision we make, whether it's the education of our children or medicine or how we treat an illness or our business and what new products we will bring out to market, everything needs to take into account the livelihood of the people behind it and the environment. I think we've completely lost our connection to nature. We just consider nature as something nice to look at and something nice to visit when we're on vacay mode and all that. But it's really got to be at the center of everything that we decide on because it's Mm -hmm. what's sustaining us. It's, it's, it's what will sustain us. It, what it's, what will keep, things thriving. That's what will keep us thriving. And it's actually doesn't require much. If you take care of it a little bit, I mean, it gives back so much. Nature gives back so much in return and for, for our overall wellness, you know, it's just something we take for granted. So that's what I'd like to impart. Awesome. Very, very, very well said. So well done. Two lovely quotes that uh, Hindi is leaving us with tonight, and that's make nature the center of your universe and your decision making. And the other quote is get dirty. All right. With that being said, Mr. Nelson, can you introduce the next segment? That's right. Uh, We're going to do a very, very fun uh, segment uh, with our two guests, and it is called The Dropdown. Welcome back, Nikki. And we've got uh, Nikki and Hindi. Hello, ladies. Um, Hi. Hi, Tita. It's good to see you. Hi, Nikki. (laughs) That's right. I keep forgetting you guys are related. Um, (laughs) So uh, the drop down is very simple. It is just like a a Google. I will only allow her to call me Tita if she calls you Tita too. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Nikki, just call her Hindi. Just call her I Hindi. So. I don't think I could. Her name is Hindi. Her name is Hindi. <laughs> Damn it, Nikki. 
Just say, hey, you. <laughs> also, okay. also, I didn't change my outfit in case the bet's still on. I, I didn't change it. I win. I win. It was a no-brainer, Nikki. You were totally going to, like, I, I we're think. Being come sustainable. Up with... We're being yeah, sustainable. We're being sustainable. She's getting the most use out of that so she doesn't have to wash it one more extra time. Exactly. Nikki, I, thought, I texted you. I said inside out. Wear it inside out. You didn't get the text? The same uh, both ways. <laughs> yes. Side A, side B. Uh, okay. It's not like your underwear, Revilsa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Today, yes, I am wearing some. <laughs> side A or side B? Uh, so <laughs> the drop down is uh, it's like a Google search where uh, you, we type in uh, the first few words of a sentence and then it auto-completes the rest. And then we're going to ask you to comment on these uh, drop-down statements. So, of course, it's all about sustainability. And here we go. The first question is, dum -da -dum, is being sustainable expensive? Who would like to comment? Don't all jump is in at once. <laughs> I, I, I can go because we did have yeah. our viewers ask this during our portion of the segment. Mm -hmm. um, our portion of the segment, that's redundant during our segment. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I think my, my fast and quick answer would be no. It's about being educated and making careful choices. Actually, being sustainable could even be cheaper than your current lifestyle in many ways. Yes, very nice. I agree. Very nice. I agree. Uh, we, well yeah, we talked about fashion and then also with, uh, with Hindi um, uh, touching up on uh, growing your own food. I think that is... Uh, is actually a way that you can save money as well because you're making full use out of all of the food, the ones, the parts that you eat and the parts that you would normally throw away in order to regenerate and make uh, new food, which you don't have to pay for. Yay! Mm -hmm. um, all right, Hindi, and your quick rebuttal to that. No rebuttal at all. I, I totally agree. It's um, mm. I've been living this way for many years and um, it's actually... Def, more economical and initially initially when you're you're just thinking of organic food ah must mahal organic food organic food because i think people are just referring to the trendy organic food or the packaged organic food but truly mm. organic food is actually much cheaper and there are always um relationships that you can form with the farmers directly that will bring the prices much lower and we'll make them like farm gate prices. So it just, I would say it's, being sustainable is not expensive. It's just a little more work. It just requires a little bit more consciousness, a little more, bit more effort in your part, especially in the beginning. Mm. And we should, one quick comment, we should think long-term and long-term, you know, I, let's just, Keep it at that. All right. Next statement, please. Is being sustainable an adaptation or a modification? Anyone? Since Nikki went first last time, uh, Hindi, you want to go ahead? Okay. Um, I think it's kind of a requirement already. So I, mm. I'm not sure what the question is like is it a modification to our current societal I think, 
practices. Behavior, maybe. Maybe is it an adaptation to our current behavior or a modification to our, uh, is it an adaptation to our, uh, our current circumstances or it is, is it a modification of our behavior? Yeah, um, I think we keep that, that question is, is leaving nature say out of it. Nature will mm. do whatever the F it wants to do in order to bring mm. balance biodiversity back on earth because its main thrust is to keep surviving so we need to always think about that and not like it, it depends on us like how we're going to change things so I, yeah and like i said earlier i think we're at that point where it's it's a requirement it's a responsibility it's a responsibility hmm okay no i yeah i agree i believe it is also a, a responsibility um Ro, your your thoughts? Um, I believe also it's a responsibility. Okay. Sorry, Mark. I just pretty much copy pasted what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Nikki's. That's okay. <laughs> I, I just copy pasted what Hindi what, what said. Mark, we've done two episodes, two seasons now. You know when I get that look, don't come knocking my way, please. I get. I'm... <laughs> All right. Uh, Nikki, any comments before we move on to the next one? Yes, um, I think the what came to mind for me when I saw that sentence is that um, I think sustainability is an adaptation that's necessary to the survival of our species. You know, um, that's how I like to think about it. I think sustainability is something that human beings really need to start incorporating into our way of living. If not, we'll have some pretty intense climate disasters as we already do i mean let's talk about the california wildfires um melting ice caps all all of the above it's it's already happening i think the world is giving us signs and if we don't adapt we won't survive so that's what i was thinking very well said yes i like it uh in other words uh the world is telling us something guys we need to listen and do something about it um all right. Uh, next on the drop down is is being sustainable safe? Well, uh, I think we I think we're all probably going to be on the same uh, page here. Uh, anyone? Is there any danger to being sustainable? <laughs> no. Are there any risks involved? <laughs> Very dangerous work. Revelsa, you don't. Absolutely, you don't. I mean, well, I I just find it, and this is going to be the uh, most babao of answers, but it is a reality. It's so unfortunate that when you post something that is about sustainability or something that is uh, about um, uh, climate change or um, you know anything regarding the environment, uh, it it doesn't get enough run. It doesn't get enough love. It doesn't get enough comments. And you know, there's something that we, uh, Mark and and Nikki, have been trying to implement since last year, and that we talked about just having a campaign of making posting about the earth and the environment cool. You know what I mean? Because it it just we have to selfies shouldn't be the number one thing that people are posting uh, it should be sunsets it should be sunrises it should be a new leaf it should be uh bunny rabbits you know that those should be the top uh social media thing i'm so, i'm bringing up social media because that is the world we live in and 
Um, it's unfortunate that it is that way. So, uh, yeah, that is my answer in regards to uh, is it safe? It's a very Babao answer, but that's how I feel about it. All right. Yeah, uh, very, very well said. Actually, in in line with it, I just want to uh, commend Revilson for the that last uh, post for World Animal Day that uh, was up on the Mark and Rove uh, Instagram account that did bring the environment and animals and their welfare uh, up in a very uh, entertaining and amusing manner. Uh, we should do more of those. Now, ladies, is there anything you'd like to plug if we'd like to see more of your life and your lifestyle? Where can we reach you at? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Hindu Weber and, um, our farm account is at Holy Carabao farm and my fashion line, my slow fashion line is at Hindi Weber dot every dot day. And that's where you'll find the fashion apparel and the skincare line. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you, Hindi. Thank you. And Miss Nikki, where, where can we find you, my dear? Uh, just Instagram. It's Nikki H. Huang with two H's. Um, and then my column, which I write for Manila Bulletin, is called Next by Nikki Huang. And it comes out on the paper. So, yeah. Ooh, excellent. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you are interested in sustainability, in uh, in fashion, in food, in uh, all sorts of wonderful things, please do make sure you follow these two incredible women. Um, and uh, thank you, ladies, so much for being on the show with us and imparting your gems of wisdom. Thank, thank you, you both so much. Mark and Ro, I just wanted to say thank you. Really, I love you both, and it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Appreciate you guys. Bye. Hindi, you, you went, oh, she wins a year's supply of love butter. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to drop that in. But wow. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for uh, that wonderful episode. Thank you to all our viewers out there for the comments, the questions. This is something we could, again, easily have gone two hours, three hours. Uh, those women are a wealth of information, perfect guests. Um, and uh, it, it's another topic. It's another it deserves another run, you know, with, yes. with two other guests because it's too vast. It's too wide. And I can't wait to get back into it again. Nelson, thank you for uh, a great show, brother. Yeah, thank you as well, Mr. Mr. Fernandez, and and I agree. This is a, a topic. I mean, uh, it uh, it's within the realm of uh, of environmentalism, something that we're both very passionate about. I'm sure a lot of other mm -hmm. people out there are as well, and uh, it uh, it just resonates so much more with so many people. I think because of the pandemic and uh, our new mm -hmm. appreciation of uh, what we need to be doing in order to uh, uh, make the the planet a better place to live. Uh, nice. Thank you very much, Annabelle, uh, for saying a wonderful episode. Super funny. Oh, I'm, thank I'm, you, Annabelle. I'm glad you think so. And speaking of a great episode and super funny, something that's going to be very interesting is next week's episode, which is all about dreams and astrology. Uh, Revilson, do you know much about dreams and astrology? No, I don't. But that is a topic that fascinates me. It absolutely yeah. fascinates me. We need to dream more. I want to dream more. And uh, hopefully we get to uh, uh, talk more about that. Dreams are just as important as real life. So uh, yes. yeah, I can't wait for that topic, brother. So uh, we want all of you viewers out there, if you uh, have a question, um, 
about dreams, about astrology, please make sure you send it to us on our uh, Instagram page. Uh, that's Mark and Rove. And we will collate some of those questions and hopefully get some experts to, uh, to answer them for you. If you have interesting dreams, you want to know what they mean, then this mm. will be the episode for you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. That was us once again. We are Mark and Rove, and we need new friends. Thank you, new friends. We'll see you next week.